This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Hi there. Just a little disclaimer at the top of the episode. Some of the language used in this episode might be a bit uh, shocking to some, but uh, don't worry about it. I wouldn't have kept it in if I didn't feel comfortable sharing it. The particular words and maybe references used are, in my opinion, totally okay with... uh, the parties included in this particular episode. Queer people can say queer words, and that's that. Enjoy the episode. Like an old movie, moved from frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me? On the walls of your heart I'm waiting for the real thing to start Hello, welcome to The Real Thing. I'm your host, Joe Lawrence. Ready again for another exciting week of podcasting. Uh... Yep, we're back. We took a little break because I lost my voice and that wouldn't have been a very good episode, I think. And I also didn't have anything to talk about. But uh, as always, this film, this uh, podcast is an extension of Bergen Film Club, where we talk about the film's existing program, why these films are exciting, why you should go see them and why they were selected. And again, we have a great film to talk about today. Returning my favorite guest ever on the podcast is uh, now Bergen Film Club board alum, Bendik Vixness. Hello. Hi. Coming to you live from Vendeslav. Yeah. Which is my new I'm, home. Yeah. I, I'm also coming live from my new home. This is my new apartment. Oh. Yeah. That's right. In uh, Luxembourg. Yes. Mm. In the burbs. In the burbs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for uh, coming back. Yeah, no problem. Of course I will come back when we're talking about such a great film. Mm -hmm. Mm. This is your last film. It is. Unless I use my manipulation skills and work through you and get you to suggest (laughs) my movies, Sub Rosa. Yeah, I think uh, I might be the only person that you could do that with. But uh, you know, as much as we like to tease uh, tease the club for its uh, film selections, they they've been really nice to me in this program. They gave me top secret. They also gave me taking of Pelham one two three. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really nice. I appreciated that a lot. Uh, on November fifth, for example, we're showing David Lynch's Dune, which has been Martin's cross to bear the entire time that he's been on the board. But he's fine. He's finally getting it as well. So. Yeah, Maybe it's a it weird movie. Change. Yeah, it's a weird movie to want to go out on, but uh, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'll just quickly say that the film that we're talking about today is the very a lot of fun, crazy, top secret. And if you want to go see it, this podcast is episode is coming out before I think you can see it on the eleventh of October at Bergen Film mm-hmm. Club. So if you're in the area listening to this podcast, then please come. And salute Bendik. You will not be there, but you can salute him in spirit. 
Yes, uh, I will be there in spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but before we get into the episode, uh, I just wanted to talk about, I don't have a crazy list of recommendations because I was in Svalbard and this is the first one I'm recording since I got back actually. So I didn't watch any films when I was there apart from what I needed to watch. And since I've been back, I, oh, I watched, here's one. I watched uh, Taxi Driver. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's a really good one though. But I feel like, yeah, I don't know if that needs like a recommendation uh, as such, but, uh, well, it to was be great. fair, in the, in the past, you've been recommended movies such as E.T. and, uh, uh E.T. Well, but you haven't really cared that the movies are very well known when you, re- oh, yeah. when you recommend them. Sure. Okay. So, then, yeah, the first one could be Taxi Driver. Mm. It was, it was so much fun. It was like, it felt like a living organism of a film. And the dialogue was great. Robert De Niro was very good, very scary, very unhinged. Mm. Um, and Jodie Foster was so incredible. Yeah, she's really yeah. good in it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the second Martin Scorsese film that I've ever seen. Which is the first, first one, one? I saw Silence in the oh, cinema. Oh, you got off to a bad start. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you have a negative impression of Scorsese. I don't know that it's negative. I just, <laughs> I just was like, I liked it because I quite like religious drama and stuff. But it's also history, and that's I like that kind of stuff. But it, Silence was very long. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to sit through. It's not a bad film, no, but it no. is one of his passion projects. In the yeah. same vein as The Last Temptation of Christ and all the um, and Kundun and uh, like. Hmm. <clears throat> they are they're tough they're a bit more tough to sit through than his other yeah. films uh yes but taxi driver uh and i went back to reading science of the lambs mm. uh but i'm really working through it now because i really want to watch the film all right you still haven't um no. <clears throat> well it's probably the most faithful the movie is almost word by word the book but that's it's an extremely cool. faithful adaptation. Yeah, because the book feels it's written very cinematically. I feel like yeah. the way that yeah scenes feel like you can really vividly picture them as as if it were a movie. Mm. So I, I'm really enjoying reading that again. Okay, my actual recommendation that I was going for is I rewatched Midnight Mass on Netflix. Mm. Incredible show. I think it is one of the best made TV series. And just Mike Flanagan being the mm. best that he is. And I remember when I first rewatched it, I remember being like, oh, some of these scenes are so long. But on the second rewatch, I felt like it was fine and everything was like perfect as it was. And the dialogue is so great. Yeah. And he does such a good way of balancing like integrating horror into like everyday things because it's just kind of like no normal life plus vampires <laughs> mm. it's which i think is a great i love that in horror especially like i think some of my favorite horror films are films that have like also have comedy and drama romance whatever and also a horror element because i don't know i feel like you can only ever write horror as some kind of allegory for trauma as Jamie Lee Curtis says. Um, but 
in his work, it doesn't feel so like obviously shoving it down your throat. Mm. Uh, no, I agree. He's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, Mike Flanagan has really enjoyed going, turning to literature, hasn't he? Well, like, yeah. Even Midnight Mass is very similar to Salem's Lot. Um, yeah. And uh, he adapts uh, like Hill House, that's based on a novel. Um, Bly Manor is based on a novel. Oh, look at that. You have Silent Slot. Yeah. How unfinished it. And, it was too scary. <laughs> oh, it's very good. It's probably my favorite Stephen King novel of the mm. ones I've read. Um, and the one he's doing now is Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher, which is going to be Ooh. good. Fall of the yeah. House of Usher is a great short story. And it has one of the, probably my favorite opening passage of any mm. short story ever. He uses so many adjectives to describe the scene here. It, it opens like this. During the whole of a dull, dark, and soundless day in the autumn of the year, when the clouds hung oppressively low in the heavens, I had been passing alone on horseback through a singularly dreary tract of country, and at length found myself, as the shades of the evening drew on, within view of the melancholy House of Usher. I mean, that just sets the scene right there. Hell yeah. Yes. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that story. Yeah. But speaking of great writing, I'm sorry I'm going to cut past all your recommendations because I talked for too long. Um, we can talk about the film now. Okay. Yeah. So, today we're talking about the 1984 film directed by Jim Abrahams, David and Jerry Zucker, referred to as ZAZ or Zaz. Uh, talked about their film, Top Secret. So, the summary of this film it is a 1984 American action comedy film written by Zaz. It stars Val Kilmer in his film debut role and Lucy Goodridge alongside a supporting cast featuring Omar Sharif. Peter Cushing, Michael Goff, and Jeremy Kemp. The film parodies various film styles, such as musicals starring Elvis Presley, spy films of the Cold War era, and World War II films. The original music score was composed by Maurice Joe. Would you like to introduce and explain why you like this film and why you chose it for the film board? Yes. <clears throat> well, I've uh, been a fan of this film for a long, long time. I can't even remember when I watched it the first time. It was when I was a kid. And it made me, it cracked me up. I laughed so hard. And to this day, <clears throat> like I watched it again for preparation for this podcast, still me makes too. me laugh so hard. And mm -hmm. I'm a really big fan of this trio of directors. Like they really had something good going in the 80s and early yeah. 90s. You know, they started out with uh, they started out with a film that I can't remember. Like that was their debut, which I can't. I think it was Kentucky Fried Movie or something. Yeah, that might have been one before that too, which I can't remember. But it was also <clears throat> that, but it was shorter. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, they hit the big time with Airplane. Yeah. Which is one of the best comedies ever made. It's so absolutely so good, and the jokes. Yeah. The jokes are uh, a mile a minute, 
you just get plummeted with jokes. They just throw jokes at you constantly. It doesn't matter if not all of them stick because the ones that do stick are so fantastic. Um, and, you know, after Airplane, which was a huge success for them, uh, they thought they could like churn out a new one within two years. They thought they could, they could like just bounce out one <clears throat> more and more and more. And they ended up in like writer's block hell for a few years. They couldn't come yeah. up with anything new. They tried to pitch a bunch of shit. Um, they pitched a uh, police show that ended up becoming Police Squad, uh, starring Leslie Nielsen, who was also in Airplane and has become an icon in this kind of genre comedy. Like mm -hmm. for many people, especially my generation, grew up with him. You know, you saw him in a film, you knew it was going to be a really fun, uh, like a, a fun comedy. But he started out as a serious actor. Mm. And that's become like the trend these directors did. They took actors that was really, that were known for serious films and they put them in comedy, comedies. It's the same in Airplane. <clears throat> addition to Leslie Nielsen, you had, I think his name is Robert, Robert Stack. You also had Lloyd Bridges, mm. who who uh, also was known for serious films. And then Lloyd Bridges, were, who's the father of Jeff Bridges, by the way, the dude from Big Lebowski. Um, Lloyd Bridges will also go on to doing a lot of comedies for these guys like Hot Shots and um, mm. Mafia. Uh, but <clears throat> they did the same with, um, they did this with uh, Leslie Nielsen and uh, they put him in Police Squad, which became a very short-lived six-episode uh, comedy show which mm -hmm. is really good it oh, is really? so funny it's it's great it's like uh half hour episode six half hour episodes and uh leslie nielsen plays the character frank drebin which he also would repeat in uh, three more movies later called naked gun and uh <clears throat> yeah it's uh it's the same type of jokes that you get from airplane like just completely uh, completely like like one character hands Leslie Nielsen a cigarette and says cigarette and then Leslie Nielsen responds yes I know <laughs> and it's that type of jokes and it's so yeah. funny and um it's like after... dumb stupid it's like stupid mm. but very mm. well crafted stupidity Roger Ebert which I I think I mentioned him every time I'm on this podcast yeah. which is a famous film critic. Mm -hmm. uh, his dad, rest in peace. Uh, but uh, he uh, said during his review of, uh, I think it was Naked Gun Part 2, or it's called Naked Gun Two and a Half. Mm. Um, he said that <clears throat> these jokes has like a double effect. Because first, you laugh at the joke itself, and then you laugh again of yourself because you feel so stupid for laughing at such a stupid joke. You feel yeah. immature, so you laugh at your own immaturity. Yeah. So the jokes kind of get double laughter from you, which is really good and kind of summarizes very much what I feel watching these films. Like the jokes are yeah. smart and yet so stupid. And um, But after Police Squad, they finally settled on this, which you described as top secret, which is parody of a mishmash of Elvis Presley movies, World War II movies. And... Um, and like they've said, they said that the movie has no story, <clears throat> and yep. and that's a weakness with the film. It's more like a joke book, they said. 
But I think that's part of what makes it work so well is that the story is so nonsensical. Because <laughs> yeah. in Airplane, the plot is like a classic disaster movie. They're in the plane yeah. and they have to try to get down and there's a linear story and the character has an arc from beginning to end. But in Top Secret, it's very easy to just follow the story and not think too hard about anything. You just think that, okay, here's this rock and roll star. He comes to uh, East Germany and then he's going to perform this concert. He gets caught up in the resistance and they're going to fight, blah, blah, blah. And then you almost have to stop and just think for a moment. Like, okay, but but why why is there a French resistance in East Germany? Why on earth would there be a French resistance <laughs> in East Germany? And, that was uh, exactly my... I watched it this morning and that was exactly my process too, is that I was just like enjoying it laughing and then i was like also making my breakfast mm -hmm. and then when i came down and i sat down maybe like 40 minutes through the film i was like wait did i miss something like <laughs> what like what's what is happening why why yeah. is there a french resistance and like yeah it's just it's it is very nonsensical in a way but like it kind of makes sense if you just don't like think about it too much yeah exactly and <clears throat> when they're gonna rescue uh, dr flamont or what his name is from the prison mm. You also have to stop it. Why do they bring the cows out for morning milk? Why do they have cows in the prison? Like, why? Uh, what is the point yeah. of these? We'll get back to that part. But it's 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 all these things that they put in the film that you kind of just accept. And then you yeah. have to, like, stop and just think, wait, wait a minute, why? And yeah. that becomes funny in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this <clears throat> movie stars uh, Val Kilmer in one of his early, early roles. Um, apparently... Role. His first role, mm -hmm. and apparently he was not very happy on set. You know, he's he's been known for being a difficult, difficult a actor, people. a diva. Um, they said they described him as as generally very good to work with during the film, but he was frustrated. He was frustrated because his character had no arc. It was difficult for him to find anything to do with his character, uh, and he came straight from like the classical trained uh, Shakespearean actors. Um, I see. So he had a. He had he apparently had a tough time adapting to the role, but I think he he gives he does a phenomenal performance. Yeah, he's. A, I was he's, just going to say that's a really surprising to hear because he is really good in it. He's really good and he's really funny, and yeah. uh, he knows how to deliver the lines. Like one of the first lines he said is says is is your daughter eighteen? Like it's a very creepy joke, yeah. <laughs> but still very funny. And um, all all of the like fake German, yeah. That, I was having a lot of fun, and like just like like on my very basic understanding of German, just realizing that no one is actually saying anything in German. <laughs> Nobody's speaking German in no. the film. It's just gibberish, and uh, yeah, and also uh, part of what makes him so good is like the musical sequences. Like he does his own so singing, good. he does his own dancing. Yep. And the songs are catchy. When I was a kid, yeah. I tried desperately to find the MP3 files of some <laughs> of the songs he sings in this film because I thought they were so cool. Mm. Um, the rug song was very good. I thought yeah, that, that was like that was <laughs> yeah, that was like really well choreographed. I thought mm. it was quite the production. Yeah, the dance sequences are insane. Yeah. But uh, that's when I kind of decided that I was really into the film because I was laughing and everything, whatever. But when he first gets up on the stage and performs and the band suddenly is 
playing yeah. electric guitars and the papers are flying everywhere. Then I was like, okay, this this is fun. I'm like, I'm yeah, yeah. This yeah. Part, they destroy their L guitar towards the end. <laughs> uh-huh. This goes completely crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's really really good, and uh, it's like we were talking about the style uh, <clears throat> with so many jokes. I think uh, you know, not every joke will land, but mm. I think. When I try to make up my mind, which one I prefer, this one or airplane, I think I prefer this one slightly okay. over airplane, even though I love airplane, because I think there are no dead points in this film. There's there's one scene that doesn't work for me that I don't think is is very funny, and that's with Omar Sharif and the the um, the spy who sells these funny uh, <laughs> no, funny I like things. That. I thought I think that's like okay, this is not very funny. But that's like the only oh. scene that I would have like taken out of the film. Yeah. Otherwise, every scene works. And in Airplane, there's this whole side plot with um, the main character when he has flashbacks. <laughs> the, the flashback when they parody Saturday Night Fear is really funny. But otherwise, I'm not a big fan of the flashbacks. So the film kind of drags for me whenever he has flashbacks. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So. To uh, to sum up, Top Secret has fewer dead spots. I can watch Top Secret and not feel okay. there's any dead spots. It just keeps going, and it becomes just funnier and funnier. Whereas yeah. Airplane has those tiny dead spots. Um, that makes me prefer Top Secret. Yeah, and, I think that's um, I, what I like so much about these films and these types of comedies is that I don't think that I've watched a lot of comedies. Because I always feel like I'm ready for like the eye roll moment when it like stops being funny, mm. and there's always some kind of like stupid weighty drama. Mm. And a lot oh, of yeah, like yeah, yeah. recent comedies is like ha 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 ha, my wife died, and then it's like okay now it's not funny anymore. But yeah. like you just want just to see like a pure comedy that is just like fun mm. throughout, and I love the like relentless joke. Thing and it's like basically all one-liners or like a gag, mm. which is you just get a lot of pleasure out of that, and I think it makes it such a good comedy film formula to just be like, okay, we're just gonna like keep going and going and going, basically until the very end of the film. Mm. And what I <clears throat> we should get more into the movie itself, but I just want to like point out before we do that, like I was, it's it's a style that kind of died after the eighties, even though they tried. In the 90s like hot shots is pretty funny and uh, but then even leslie nielsen would go on to do a bunch of films that weren't really that fun okay um uh, in the same style they could never really recapture the magic of those films that they made in the 80s um yeah. and i've been like i remember like uh, missing that type of comedy in in recent in in uh, recent comedies but then i mm. remember I discovered um, all of a sudden I could see the DNA of what these guys were doing in new comedies. Like I discovered uh, Tina Fey. I discovered yeah. 30 Rock. And just realized, oh, I know first I watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. I watched the first episode and I didn't really know what it was supposed to be. And then I kept watching and I realized, oh, shit, this is, this is crazy humor. This is like the same type of humor as the sucker and Abraham's people yeah. were doing in the 80s. It's like, oh, oh, wow. Okay, she's carrying the torch. 
So I watched yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt realizing it was very much the same in the same style, the absurd mm -hmm. comedy, the jokes a mile a minute, just a bunch of one-liners. Uh, and then I watched Dirty Rock, which is in the same vein. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and also I discovered like uh, Wet Hot American Summer by yeah. um, Michael Showalter and David uh -huh. Wayne. And I was just like, oh, this is also very inspired by these guys. And they are also carrying the torch. And even though we don't see that much of it anymore, there's still yeah. some people who kind of try to bring that form of humor back. Totally. There's not much. But okay, let's go back to Top Secret. And So sure, you can talk about you know, what you like in the film. What I like in the film, I like <clears throat> everything from the moment we're introduced to Val Kilmer's character and he's on the train and he mm -hmm. goes and he performs like uh, the cover of the Tutti Frutti song. Yeah. Uh, and the band goes crazy, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> it's it's not long after that he's introduced to Lucy Guthridge's character. Um, he tries to save her from an assault at this opera where all the the baller the ballet the male ballet dancers have these huge cod pieces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's also where we get the great joke where they run past the door that says janitor. And then they open the door yeah. and there's just a man, <laughs> just a man. <laughs> standing in a closet with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really like that. Yeah. And then he gets, he gets, and there's so many great jokes. I mean, there's a joke with a phone where there's like a phone in the foreground of the frame and it rings. And then a guy at the background, way back, goes towards the phone to pick it up. And yeah. when he gets close to the phone, the phone is gigantic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a forced perspective, and he lifts up this gigantic phone. And there's also one with a pigeon that comes flying with a with a letter, yeah, uh, attached to its leg. And then the pigeon, they have a little close up of the pigeon, and it has this little pilot hat. <laughs> yeah, it's these yeah. kind of jokes that makes me laugh when I think about them. Like I can be on yeah. my way to the bus stop, and I can remember that joke, and I start to laugh. Yeah, and that's why. So yeah, I liked the um. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't speak any German. Oh, I know a little German. He's over there. Yeah, he pointing <laughs> to a small person over there. He's like, hey. uh, and when they're riding to the, they're riding in a cart being led by a horse to the French Resistance house. Mm -hmm. uh, and the horse is singing, and mm -hmm. then he starts to cough, and then they ask like, "Oh, is he okay?" And then the horse driver says, "Yeah, he caught a cold recently. He's just a little horse." Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, that's like I yeah, oh. I can't help but smile or laugh at something like that. No, and also the <laughs> the, the point is, there's so many jokes in this film that you can easily miss them the first time you watch it. Yeah. Like you can watch it again and again and you can see new jokes that you missed the first time because they put it they put in so many that you can uh, <clears throat> you can miss them. And there's um, one of my favorite jokes is when uh, Val Kilmer and uh, Lucy Gutteridge escapes uh, from the guards, they run down to get some bicycles. And then as they take two of the bicycles, there's a bunch of bicycles standing on a rack. And then Val Kilmer runs over to the bicycles and is like, Hua! Hua! and he like waves his arm. And, and then the bicycles just start to uh, get up, uh, 
get up like horses and then they just mm-hmm. cycle away. <laughs> it's all of a sudden there's a parody of a Western in there where they, because in yeah. Westerns they would do that, like chase away the other horses so the people who are following them can't take horses to catch up. And he does it with the bicycles. The bicycles just become sentient and then just uh, yeah. drive away on their own. It's so good. But yeah, that scene with uh, Peter Cushing where they all speak backwards, yeah. which took a long time to film. I bet. They had to like learn their lines phonetically and speak them backwards and perform yeah. everything backwards. And they do that just for that. Because when they when the scene starts, he speaks weirdly because he's Swedish. So he's supposed to speak Swedish and he just basically speaks backwards. Yeah. But then they keep like adding to the scene to make you realize it's backwards. Like he when he starts to Throwing. walk, he yeah. he throws the books in the shelf and then he takes his books and he sucks the dust back onto it. Yeah. <laughs> puts it in the oh it's so good and then that dog runs backwards and uh they go up the fire uh fire yep. ladder no the fire rod or whatever it is um mm. yeah it's just a dedication to put Absolutely. so much effort in a scene and there's a scene we'll get back to later which has the same level of dedication that's just like insane like why would you spend oh. so much time just getting this joke across hmm but yeah, it's that. That's where we get the little or- origin story from Nick Rivers uh, when he uh, got lost in a shopping mall, and yeah. he never saw his mother again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was raised by the ladies at the perfume counter. <laughs> so stupid. <clears throat> Actually, fun fact: before we go on, I've I have been in a scene with Val Kilmer. Really. Yes, I have. When they uh, sh- when they filmed this the snowman, the adaptation of uh, the UNESCO novel here in ba- in Bergen, mm-hmm. I signed up as an extra, and they put yeah. me in the scene with Val Kilmer. Very so exciting. I have met Val Kilmer in person. Was he nice? He seemed very nice. He see he was very sick, so he oh. stuck to himself. I didn't talk to okay. him. I just yeah, I COVID. wandered around him. No, he had the throat cancer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. That is the first thing that my mom said to me today when I told her that I saw this film. She loves to throw out like morbid facts. Mm. I think I've said before that like if we're watching a TV show or a film, she'll anytime that a character walks on screen like an actor, she'll go dead. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was like, oh, Val Kilmer was in it, she went, he has throat cancer. So I already knew that. Uh, yeah, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame because he's really like one of his last great performances was in a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is not gets the love it deserves. Mm. But he's great in it. He plays a uh, he plays a detective, this gay detective called, uh, who just who's just called Gay Perry, and okay. uh, he's really funny in it. He's so so good. Mm. I think he has the line. Well, you may cut this out, but we'll see. Uh, he has a line in the film if when he and says Rob, he, he and he and Robert Downey Jr. sits in the car, uh, and then um, Val Kilmer takes out this tiny gun, okay. and he gives it to Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr. says, "This is a very tiny gun." Yeah, I call it my faggot gun. And then he says, "Why? Because it's only good for a couple of shots. Then I have to drop it for something better." <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Is it a comedy? It's a comedy. Okay. It's a comedy. Okay. It's really, really funny. <laughs> you should watch it. 
Okay. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Um, and it's not homophobic, despite uh, the what that line may imply. It's really good. Okay. Um, but yeah, back to uh, to Top Secret. After so... <clears throat> they've been there, that that's when we get to my favorite section of the film when uh, when they meet meet up with the resistance and all these resistance people. They have French names: Detente, Chocolate Mousse, Latrine. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have a this random parody of uh, the blue lagoon that creepy uh, erotic movie featuring kids um where lucy gutteridge thinks back to when she and that the leader yeah. of the resistance was on that island together yeah it, that was very out of the blue for me yeah yeah it was strange and i also i think i'd misheard at some point that he was her uncle mm. oh no like, no no yeah what I've done no, incest no, no. on top of bestiality, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, no, he, the, he's, no uh, he's like her, her long lost love. But then, um, yeah, but he was very like a really fun, fun. I thought he he's yeah, fun. he's really fun, and it's a good, yeah. really. Uh, the problem is, I think the director said that back when they made Top Secret, uh, the Blue Lagoon was a really big film. So when they put in that scene from the island and parody okay. Blue Lagoon, yeah. It was like a big thing. But these days, nobody remembers Blue Lagoon. True. So when you watch the scene, you don't know what, what they're parodying. Yeah. But the Blue Lagoon was basically a movie featuring Brooke Shields, and I think his name is Christopher Atkins. They play two teenagers that get stranded on an island, and they have to learn to survive. Sure. And at some point, they, of course, have sex. And it's I think it's... I haven't seen it, but I think it's just a lusty movie that just... Uh, observes two very young actors in various states of undress um huh. i think that's yeah it's it's a creepy movie not a uh, pushing like tree wood made uh shopping carts around the island they don't have any shopping carts no like B- building wooden houses with garages, <laughs> with garages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh it's so funny yeah and then the two the, uh... scenes that i wanted to get to Yes. Because I know that the last one is the water one. You want to talk about that, but we should talk about mm-hmm. that last. But I need to talk about the, the cow stuff. The prison. The prison. The, yeah. My favorite scene in the whole film is when they're going to enter the prison. It's so fun. It just starts with when they're planning how to get in there. And yeah. he just starts with a stick and he just like draws an X on the ground, says, We're yeah. here. <laughs> and then he just, and the prison is over here. And then it just gets more and more advanced. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, he has like a, this figure of a little cow, and then they have this huge model of the prison, and then they have a train <laughs> that runs. It just becomes so, yeah, so crazy. Yeah. And then they walk through the leaves, and then it's like, and then Balkim returns to them and says, and then <laughs> there's no sound when they walk through the leaves anymore. <laughs> yes, the scene you want to get to is where the. Um, the leader of the resistance and um, isn't it uh, is it Latrine, who I think it's those two. I think so. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone else I can't remember, but they they get disguised as a cow because at this particular German prison, they have cows that they take out yeah. from their for their morning milking every day. So the idea uh-huh. to get into the prison is to get disguised as a cow. So they have this cow suit that they put on. And yep. um, the uh, the leader, uh, he is supposed to be the back part, 
And then uh, I think yep. Latrine is in the front. Yep. Actually, I don't think it's Latrine. I think it's someone else, but I forget his name. Yeah. Um, and then this cow has boots on for some reason. Yeah, it is a real cow. Good cow. It's a real actor. cow. Yeah, for the scene, they use a real cow. And then yeah. uh, they uh, they join up with a cow herd and they go in to get to the electrical uh, shed to turn off the power so Val Kilmer yeah. and his friends can go in. <laughs> and then as they approach, all of a sudden this this little baby cow, this calf, comes running over and starts drinking milk from one of the others. And then the uh, the guy who who's in the back part, he's just like, ooh, oh, are you all right? Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and he was like, so, why, so why have we stopped? Why have we stopped? We need to go. And he goes, why must we always rush? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. And then it's... as if that wasn't bad enough for getting getting sloppy head from a cow the next scene is them walking back out into the field and getting spotted by a bull yes which then proceeds to mount <laughs> the cow yes and the and nigel nigel is his name who's in the back part he's just mm. like <laughs> and it cuts immediately away from it after it happens yeah. and then the next scene when the next time he's in that in a scene when he's confronting Val Kilmer, has revealed that he's the bad guy, and he's walking with like his ass stuck out with his legs stiff. Yes. It's like they got mileage out of that, and I don't know that I'm happy. Like I think I think I was laughing, but also like I think I went like ah when it's he... so funny. How can yeah. you? How... Oh, <laughs> that's gonna be interesting to see how that joke plays if uh, if people show mm. up for the screening because apparently uh, we have different reaction to that joke i think it's hilarious i think it's so so funny yeah like yeah <laughs> yes or no because <laughs> it's kind yeah it's kind of it kind of pushes a little bit boundaries <laughs> which i like yeah. it's a joke that still works today from mm -hmm. a movie made in the 80s it can still like shock people i guess you seem shocked by it i was i i, I have to say I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> oh, it's so good! It's so uh -huh. so funny. Yeah. And also, we have to remember, uh, we have to mention Remy's uh, favorite joke because Remy watched the movie after I pitched it in the programming. Mm. And I think his favorite joke is when they use a looking glass, binoculars, to look at yeah. the prison and yeah, look at the cowherd. Oh. Yeah, and the cowherd's like a pro. We see a it's a POV shot through the binoculars, like the classic. By binocular POV shot, mm -hmm. and then the cows jump over the binocular limb and starts walking into the binocular. Yeah, it's really, really good. That was very good. That's also just like a side joke they just put in there that just ends yeah. up being really, really funny. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then we get a pretty good uh, car chase. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we get the fight between uh, Val Kilmer and uh, and uh, Nigel. Mm hmm. Uh, pretty good stunt work, I might add. Yep. With some good uh, motorcycle jumps, uh, sure. you know, which they probably took from The Great Escape uh, with mm -hmm. Steve McQueen, and and then a really good stunt where they fall off the truck and down into the water, and they continue the fight as they sink down in the water, and that's when we get to the most elaborate joke in the film, 
where it starts out as an underwater fight scene between Val Kilmer and Nigel. They fight, mm -hmm. and then they go to the bottom, and they keep fighting at the bottom of the water, and then all of a sudden, they're in a saloon. It's a, saloon. Yeah. It's a cowboy saloon with a bartender and other <laughs> guests that just sit there, and all of a sudden, it become a Western, like a classic Western barroom brawl underwater. Yeah. It just builds and builds and becomes crazier and crazier, and the way they pulled off that scene, it's like literally they just shot it underwater and they could only film in like 10 to 15 second interval because that's how long the actors could keep their breath. And then yeah. they had to go and draw uh, air from uh, divers that was like behind the camera and gave them yeah. air. I mean, it's insane. And like so unnecessary. <laughs> so unnecessary. Why would you go to these lengths just to put that joke in the film? But it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> Yeah. It's so so funny. The bartender the and the bar. Yeah, like yeah. the bartender and the bar coming together as he approaches and then yeah. Arthur, like popping up and then like winding his fist just to punch the the bad guys. <laughs> like it's crazy. And it yeah. Is. Very funny though. It's very, very funny. And mm -hmm. uh and then uh yeah, they play the Bonanza theme at the end as yeah. uh Val Kilmer exits and um uh, he goes back up, and then uh, Lucy Gutteridge has followed on a motorcycle, and as she stops, her hair just sticks out. Like, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, again, just a little throwaway joke, but it's so fun. And then her boobs glow. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Her boobs glow. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking I was like, they look weird, and then mm -hmm. they start glowing, like ET. And I, I, uh, you know, with. Uh, with uh, Nigel's character, who's who gets raped by the bull. Okay. They kind of set up like he, because he, he tells earlier, he says, when he was rescued from the island, he was picked up by a bunch of sailors. Yeah. <laughs> and he tried to, like, call for help or whatever, and it just seemed to excite them more. He says... They took yeah. advantage of me in ways I cannot describe. And she says, oh, it must have been awful. And he's like, Ooh, yes. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> so they do some racy jokes in the film, for sure. Mm. Yeah. But overall, it was a lot of fun. I was... Uh, didn't... I don't know if that I had low expectations going into it, because mm. I think Airplane is like a 5 out of 5 film. Mm. That I think that's... That for me, that's like no. Like you said, the the spots of that that you think are maybe not don't have the best flow, but I love those Saturday Night oh, Fever. Scenes yeah, I love and, the Saturday Night Fever too. Yeah. I just don't love the other ones. But don't get me wrong, Airplane is a five out of five movie. I yeah. would have given it five out of five easily. Yeah, because the jokes that do land are so incredibly good. I still persist to to this day. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure when, when this podcast uh, when this podcast ends, I will think of a dozen jokes that I'd want to talk about that I forget. But uh, absolutely, it's that's the nature of it. It's there's so many of them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, really great suggestion, and I think I uh, I would like to think that I speak on behalf of the board that we're really <laughs> going to miss you. <laughs> well, we'll see. I am going to miss you. That's good. That's At very least. nice to hear. That's very yeah. nice to hear.
just yeah. keep plugging my types of films in the program, then I'll show up for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we. I think we like similar films. I think we do. Yeah, I will lobby my films through you. Sure, you will be my avatar. Yeah, is there anything you would like to say? This can be like your parting message to the board. <laughs> no, I have no parting messages to the board, but I do have oh. a, like a, for anybody who who listens, just watch Top Secret, watch Airplane, watch. Um, Naked Gun. Don't let this style of comedy die. Remember it because it's so funny and it's so yeah. good. Yeah, that's a good message. Yeah, I'm really happy we get to screen top secret. Yeah, definitely. I think it's hopefully gonna... people will show up. Let's hope so. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, have you again sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to go to Bergen sometime and uh, catch some screenings. Yeah. And say hi to the club again. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISE John Official. Our logo is by Pierre Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilfgaibern and Mamina Nazmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFKTheRealThing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.